Welcome to a Drop Tent Media Production. The Porcupine with Adam Nutter. What's up, Porcupine family? What is going on? Uh, don't even know what episode this is. I don't want to release this episode, so it's fine. <laughs> I am your host, Adam Nutter. Uh, I'm going to say episode 11. Sure, we'll call it that. Uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, real quick, again, to get everything out of the way for me, follow me at Adam Nutter on all the social media stuff. Uh, go check out my comedy podcast I do with Neil Wood, Cult of Us, on, on Drop 10 Media Network. Uh, show's coming up. I uh, I don't know if I was coming out before then, but fuck it. Uh, the 29th of July, I'll be in Queens at 8-Ball Comedy, 8 p.m. Uh, in Astoria, coming out to that. And then uh, August 11th, I'll be at Steinies in Staten Island, my home birthplace of trash itself. I'm making an appearance, coming out to that. It's at 8 p.m. And then, of course, August 14th, the pop-in, Chalfon, Pennsylvania. It's right outside of Philly, like a half hour, 40 minutes outside of Philly. Coming out, two shows, 7.30 show, 9.30 show. I'm hosting both shows, I think. Uh, come on out. Get your tickets now. They will sell out. I'm telling you, they sell, they sell out every month. Droptent.com slash events. Get your tickets. No, I can't get you in afterwards. I can't. No, there's physically no room. Get your tickets now. Droptent.com slash events. All right, that's it for me. Guys, my guest today. The man who helped suspend the Fakitarian's YouTube account himself, <laughs> Mr. Nick Ashley, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Adam. Uh, I don't know about suspend their YouTube account, but I don't know. At, but the, at the very least, that that video that they did uh, with me was demonetized immediately because of my Metallica song yeah. entrance. <laughs> they have gone back and re-uploaded the episode. They deleted the old one and reposted it. So I'm assuming they censored the music uh, in order to monetize the, the new video. But either way, I think I kind of made my mark regardless. Dude, that was uh, one of the clever, most clever high-level trolls uh, <laughs> I've seen. <laughs> that was really smart. I didn't didn't mean to do that. I seriously, I was just, I just wanted to intro with the, with the song that I felt went with the vibe, you know, and I'm chugging a Bud Light, white boy summer kind of stuff. And <laughs> I felt I wanted a song that had a short little intro with no music, you know, the bells on whom, from the bell toes work perfectly. And then right whenever the thing just starts hammering, I turn the camera on and that was it. Uh, that's, I mean, the song fit perfectly. It had nothing to do with me. I didn't even, think about the demonetization as a thing. Like that was just something that happened that I didn't even consider. I believe you. Let me tell you, no one else does, <laughs> but I believe you <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. I I'm not on, I, I mean, I'm, I am on YouTube now, but I don't do stuff like that. I, I I'm aware that it happened because back in the day, whenever all this started happening, I remember when it did with like some PewDiePie controversy. Yeah. Um, I remember when the demonetization started happening, but I'm not in that world. So it's not something I would have thought about. And then like, after I found out about it because, um, Drew Hancock, who's also a guy that yeah. makes, he, he makes videos. He's one of my friends. Um, he sent me a DM on Twitter, just of a screenshot saying, Hey, you know, you could see in the info on the, like in the description of the YouTube video that, well, it's, it's gone now, but you could see that it had the, the video had been claimed because of for whom the bell tolls. Uh, so that's how I find out. I didn't even know, like nobody told me it, it was just a friend of mine. that was like, Hey, did you do this on purpose? And I was like, actually, no, 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 I, I do believe you, but it is funny. Cause listen, when, it, when, when you did do it, everyone's like, dude. Control. Like, everyone, everyone, it's, it's so easily thinkable, especially they're trying to troll. So, why not troll back? <laughs> That's what I was thinking, honestly. But I mean, you did, yeah. you wore the Burger King outfit, which is also hilarious. And it's all still, the, the shirt is still right there, <laughs> like the, the Burger King hat. And it's, I still have it right here. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to be going to Yal Revolution in a couple of weeks here. And I, I wanted to wear this because you have to dress in business ca or not business casual. I'm sorry. Yeah. Business casual is the, is the attire. Uh, but that shirt it's meant to be worn with a suit. Like it's not a very good 
solid shirt. Like you could probably see my nipples through it in the sun. So I'm not, and I can't wear an undershirt because it's too easy to see what the undershirt is. And I don't have any plain, if I had a plain pink undershirt, I would wear it, but right. I'm not going to worry about it. But yeah, I don't, I don't know why I haven't gone ahead and put it in my closet. And I'm probably never going to wear that shirt again, to be completely honest with you. Dude, why do they uh, even invite you on? Just because they fucking hate you? And they're like, let's get on. Uh, yeah, they did a similar thing with Jeremy Kaufman. Uh, they just, I, I don't know. I think they were going to try to just, call, you know, make a fool of me or uh, expose me for being a hateful bigot or whatever it was. I mean, Archie had clips ready to go from the Tower Gang uh, podcast uh, of me saying stuff. And I think that they wanted me to come on so they could all gang up on me and put me on the spot to defend myself and, and make me look bad. And I kind of suspected that that was what it was going to be, which is why I did what I did. Like I, I never had any plans to take it seriously. Uh, but if I recall correctly, um, the way that it came up of me going on the show, there's a joke that we do. Are you familiar with not a podcast? Yeah. Okay. There's a joke that us Twitter folks do with people that are friends with those guys, uh, where we just tell somebody who's being stupid on the timeline, go on, not a podcast. Uh, like we got, a, we got over 150 people to tell this one guy, go on, not a podcast because he said, Oh, I'm not going on that show. Only like 10 people told me to go on. You'll get like 40 and then I'll talk. And then we, I, I was like, all right, let's do it. And then, so anyway, the, so I don't remember if it was from that or so, but somebody said, Nick, Ashley, go on Fakertarians. And um, they replied, the, the account, I don't know who runs the account. I think it's John. He replied saying, I would actually consider this. And I just was like, hmm, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. So I don't know what their intentions were. I, I suspect it's, like I said earlier, to try to make me look bad, which, I mean, whatever. That's whatever. But I, I think I did what I needed to do. No one uh, cares about their opinion so like th the fact that you did that was perfect like don't yeah. don't take people don't take them seriously because they're not they're not it's it's that old like uh what is the old adage like lions aren't concerned with the opinions of lambs you know yes. it's like yeah it's it's like you guys are fucking irrelevant you guys are jokes you guys are jokes in all circles like the fact uh, you and josh go on there and just trolling and trashing them is 100 percent what you should do and if i i would they'll never have me on because they're probably too smart but now but i would do the same thing I'll go on there and be like, and just completely just, I'm, I know I'm wittier than them. I know I'm funnier than them. I know I'm smarter than them. So it won't even be hard for me. It'll just be me easily trolling these idiots. But it's like, what's the fun in that almost then? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, it's been done. And, and I think yeah. um, like Jeremy Kaufman went on there in earnest. Like he was actually having a conversation right. with them. And even, even then they were not, they were not like kind to him. They were, they were dicks to him the yeah. whole time. Uh, and he was really trying to talk and have a serious conversation about whatever topics they were talking about. I didn't watch the whole thing. I just kind of watched for a few minutes, but they were like the cat ears person was just saying stupid shit. The English guy was just saying stupid shit. Like they were not taking it seriously. So I was like, after seeing that and then considering that whenever I had gotten the, you know, the official invite pretty much, I was like, well, why would I bother being serious? And there were times where we were actually having an actual conversation about ideology and about uh politics and stuff like that and which i wasn't even that smart i was like a dozen beers deep by that point so yeah. i was pretty gone and i still intellectually dwarfed them too like it, it's, it's very crazy. clear that they're just they're just and i don't look the whole problem with that kind of thing that they're doing is you can't have a brand based on just being a hater against other people especially if those people i mean i guess it could work in some situations in in like some weird esoteric thing that I'm not familiar with, like K-pop or something, you know, because those fans get kind of weird. But it just seems to me that it's never a successful, long-lasting brand if you build it on being anti some other people. And they're anti Mises Institute, Mises Caucus. They're anti, mm -hmm. you know, the Tom Woods and the Hans Hermann Hoppers of the world and, and Dave Smith and those guys. So whenever you have a brand that's anti those people and especially that those people are very well liked and popular it's i just don't see how that's gonna work yeah yeah uh there's something like this you, you should like you said to do with the cat ears and the english guy it's like if that's why like i'm a comic first and my brain goes to like how can i trash everyone in this fucking room right now <laughs> you know what i'm saying so like if um, if he starts talking I'm like bro you have cat ears on so what are we yeah. doing like i'm you're getting lit up first <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're going to you then we're going to archie like it's just so easy 
and, and, and like that's the, oh, that's the other thing too nick is like d- d- being more involved in the party itself like you know like i'm the state board rep for uh bucks county pa so like i i, I am involved in the actual lp itself by being the board rep inherently you know so like seeing all sides of the party and you realize a lot of those guys and girls who think that way or who are in the libertarian party they go oh they truly don't understand a joke no yes not like, at all for, they, they for, just don't truly for true real do not understand humor they don't understand uh uh satire uh uh anything like being facetious like dude none of it so when you when you me josh the we have jokes and we're all joking around like oh you fucking idiot oh you whatever retard people are like he said retarded he (laughs) wants to disparage and you're like hey man that's you know that's all maybe maybe you don't know but i i feel like you do know it's not what we mean you do know we're kidding and like you do know there's a difference between like Again, I, I'm not going to bring my producer into this, but I'm just going to drop his name, uh, Jesse. Like he's he's not a libertarian at all, but he's a comic, right? So he always understands. Oh no, I, he I understands joke first. I understand humor. He he can separate fucking his political shit from comedy, right? These motherfuckers though, they're like no. everything's fucking real, everything's serious. There is no comedy. There is no humor. There is no satire. It's it's just what you say is fucking Bible. It's like no, dude. You, no. <laughs> yeah, part of the reason I'm really happy to I mean, I, I don't think I've ever spoken to an actual comedian before. And and I wanted to bring this up and you're you're it's a great segue because what you just talked about is is really pertinent to this is I think that I, I've always had a very, very hard time understanding. This is a reflection, this is probably more of a reflection on me and my brain than it is the social conventions, but whatever. Say, you know, people will take this for what it's worth. Uh, I have always had a very difficult time understanding like language taboos and the fact of what words are okay and what words are not okay. And I know that I know like I'm not I'm not a I don't know how bad of a language how about a language. I'm not going to say any slurs or anything. I, I, can say I say the F word? Okay. Uh, I'm not a fuck your feelings type of person. Like being offended by certain things. If like you, like you're a, you're a victim of like sexual assault and you don't like rape jokes, that's totally legitimate. That's perfectly 100%. acceptable. And I think that most people that fall into those kinds of categories, they're not the ones that are going out and attacking people for making jokes about rape. And and any you know, it's it's normally not. I'm just going to say this right now. It's progressive white people who are going out and attacking <laughs> yes. people for making for making racial jokes. Black yes. people in the crowd laugh at that shit. They yes. think it's hilarious. They give it right back to you. Just as good. Um, but I've never understood like language taboos. And like I said, that that's that's on me. But so so kind of, you know whatever. But for for people to not understand, I think that's part of the autism. Like I was having a conversation with some other folks and I was like, we have the right amount of autism. Dude, like, yes. The right amount. Yes. Just the right stroke. They are a little too far on yes. the spectrum. Yes. And yes. it's, it's yes. like, I'm far enough where I don't get language taboos to the point where I'll just say things. And again, it's not a fuck your feelings thing. It's just, I just think it's funny. Like I just say things I think are funny, whatever. But to the to those who are not in that same, you know, sweet spot as as somebody like you or me, not saying you're autistic. You know what I mean. I think, no, right? I, like, we, no, no, dude. Uh, yes, because we, we. I think I made this joke last week to uh, on the. Con- I was like, I feel like, especially every comic. I'm like, we all have a little autism for sure. Like, there's no way yeah. we don't. Like, like it's it's weird for us to want to be validated in front of strangers through humor. You're telling me that's not autistic in some like that has to yeah, be. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like it has to be. Like, there's no way I'm not like we're not somewhere. I I feel like the spectrum's so broad in terms of like personality. Yeah. There's no way we're not. <laughs> I I just mean yeah, and when I say that, I don't mean like a legitimate diagnosis yes, from a doctor right. or a therapist. Right. I just mean like I the lack of understanding of that particular yes. social convention. Like I just. I just and I do think if I went to therapy, I would be diagnosed with a little bit on the spectrum. I, I get that, but but all bullshit aside, like I, I just mean the the lack of understanding of the social convention. Like I just do not understand why people get so uptight about the particular words that you want to use. Uh, like you could say in a sentence, it is wrong to call somebody, you know, insert racial slur here, right. and you'll get hammered for saying the racial slur, even though you're saying it's wrong to call people that. Like well, people that's, just that's can't the understand. Netflix guy, right? That yes, the Netflix dude. He was uh, like Netflix should... and um and Papa John. 
I, I see. I don't know too much, honestly. I really don't know. Uh, all I know about the Papa John thing was like, it was like a joke that he had to learn how to not to say it, which is funny. <laughs> he well, he like... said that like, he, he was on a phone call or in some sort of conference, and he said it's not like we're Colonel Sanders calling black people ends. He said that like it's not like we're doing that, and that's what got him. Oh, okay. That's what got him tapped, right? I, see, I did that. I didn't know. I always the joke that we always used to run with was it was funny. Like when his like comeback interview. Yeah, like I spent twelve months learning not to say. Like you had to learn not to say. Yeah, that was that's what's funny. That was too much damage control, dude. Like you had to chill. But yeah, that's that's what I mean, though. Just like, just I don't understand how that that gets people. I don't like the term canceled, but for the lack of a better term, like for just so we all understand what I mean. Like I just don't, yeah. I don't understand how that gets people canceled. Just and the, like you said, the Netflix guy. You're exactly right. He said we shouldn't be saying. And or whatever the, I think right. it was I think it was retard he said that got him in trouble. No, I, I don't remember. Yours. It wasn't him yeah, too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I just don't get it. It's like I understand it's a, it, if it, in the correct context if you're like saying it to a black person because you are racist and because you're making a racial attack on this black person despite anything, despite the person's character, despite what like okay yeah that's bad. But just saying the word it it's not it's just weird to me. I just don't get it. It's uh it's very childlike. Where it's like you're an adult, so we're supposed to be uh, act like it, like you're yeah. you're allowed to hear a word and be like, okay, I know, I or like you know what it is. It's it, it's I feel like as years go on, and I don't know it has to do with social media or not even social media, just technology or whatever, but context gets not even lost, purposely avoided. Yeah. We'll, and we've been having this conversation for yeah. like 10 years now, which is the yeah. screwed up part. Well, well, you'll look at something and be like, you 100% know what he was saying or she was saying in that in that time, but you're purposefully cutting out. You're like, he said, like, come on, man. If you play that clip three more seconds, <laughs> you're yeah. like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's always the three extra seconds and three seconds before that you hit record or not, not even record that, that you cut. Uh, there's the end. There's also Nick. There's a difference between like like you're saying like this between like oh hearing a bad word and a personal attack. If someone's like yo you fucking bitch I'll fight you. It's like all right well now I have to address this like <laughs> you're uh, you're attacking me personally. But someone's like uh you know I or someone's even like oh I don't like so and so again racial slur. It's like all right so we're gonna fight over this guy. I'm like ah dude whatever you're a fucking loser and just move on from it. It's, it's not <laughs> it's not worth like the fight. You, you know to be like oh okay well if you don't like that guy avoid that guy. Or avoid that yeah. girl, like just move on. And Ignore the it. reason I make it a point to say I'm not, it's not coming from a place of like, like a lot of like, um, like MAGA people with the fuck your feelings things. They they actually get offended at words too. They just 100%. won't admit it. And that, like, like I said, it's not, it's not wrong to be offended by stuff. Like I don't, I don't think that that that's not where I'm coming from. Like I said, if if you have a legitimate uh thing that you had in your past and and some jokes you're not comfortable with some jokes that's totally okay like i i would i'm not comfortable with people like making jokes about my wife or whatever and now that i said that people will probably do it so fuck you but uh <laughs> you get what i mean like it's it's i'm not trying to be no tough guy like yeah if I, i'm a man i don't care about whatever you say it's like no people say things and you should hold not i don't want to say hold people accountable but that's kind of a lame thing to say but you have to understand the difference between what I'm saying here and just particularly just like uh, specifically being saying words because, you know, people don't like when you say it, like, I don't know, there's a, there's a balance. So I, I think, I, yeah, no, you're right. I, I think I, I think it comes down to like people shouldn't, unless you're making a specific attack on someone, like you shouldn't lose your career. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> Over, unless, unless you're like, Hey, so-and-so fuck you. I'm going to kill you or whatever you're saying, you know, then sure. You have a, how case. about this? I think even if you are, even if you do call somebody something out of hatred, I still don't think you should lose your career. That's why that. I said, unless you make a specific threat, like, hey, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, or like criminal like stuff. Yes. Yeah. But just words. Hey, we're again, we're adults. Like, yeah, your feelings get hurt, but it is just your feel like, in other words, you're, you might get hurt and it's going to upset you, but you're not going to lose your family. You're not going to lose your house. You're not going to lose your job. You're not going to lose your savings. You're just going to, you're going to be upset, which sure. But what's worse at the end of the day, being upset or losing everything, <laughs> right? I mean, losing everything <laughs> for sure. Yeah. How, how, and these are the people that want you to think they're a good person, which is why they are so opposed to the language that they want to get people in trouble for. But it's like, what do you think is worse than doing more harm to right. society, if, if you will, like people that are the fact that it's, you can legitimately lose your career, lose your house 
ruin your marriage. You know, financial trouble is like the number one reason mm-hmm. for divorces, right? Uh, and and get your car repoed because you said something in a private conversation. Like, do you think that's not as bad for society as the fact that uh, somebody said a bad word? Come on, I just I just I just don't understand that. Yeah, it, it's so in the in like comedy, especially. Um, obviously, we're anti heckling and people staying stuff during the middle of the show, and a lot. It's, it doesn't really happen to me, but like other comics who I friends of mine who I've seen it happen to. You know, they'll say something a little funny, but like on the edge, you know, on purpose. But this is the thing. The audience here is like da 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 rape or da 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 sexual assault or da 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 midget or like whatever (laughs) the trigger word is. Right. And they don't hear they don't let them finish their point. They just go, you said the word that I don't like. And now I'm going to interrupt this show for everyone because I don't like the word you said. So in in comedy, it's like, listen, you don't have to laugh at me or laugh at the other, whatever. But the appropriate response to a a joke you don't like is sitting there quietly or or getting up and walking out quietly. But it's not to let me interrupt this show that I'm everyone else is enjoying. Yeah, you're such a good person. You have to ruin everybody else's good time. A hundred other people or however many. That's how good of a person you are. Right? Like it just come on. You're you're the asshole at that point. Come on, dude. Yeah. And like I don't see it going away like in society. Like I I I think there's a pendulum swing eventually. I hope but, this is what I'm this is what my thing is. Yeah, there is the pendulum swings back the other way, but it's not going to be whenever that happens, it's just a reaction to what's happening like present day. So sure. whenever it does swing back in that other direction, it's not You're right. It's hard for me to say that it's not genuine, but it's it's like instead of instead of it being an organic um you you probably understand this more than I do being a comedian, but uh how do I put this into words? Like rather than it being like an organic in the moment, hey, no, don't don't interrupt the show because you don't like that word that that person said. It's going to go the other way where I feel like once it's, once it does swing the other way and everybody becomes, you know, anti PC or and now the term is woke is what they've been using the term for, for it's, there's been so many different terms for the same phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Now it's woke. It used to be PC. I don't know what else it's been called before, but it's all the same thing. Political correctness, just in a different, uh, that's right. It's all different names. Yeah. But then people create an entire persona on being anti that, right? Which doesn't feel as genuine as you, you understand. Does that make it's, sense? It's, what it's, I'm saying? It's reactionary. Yes. Not proactive. If you if that's what you're trying to get at. So there's yeah. no right. There's no proactive. In other words, the there's no so much as a sense to like proactively be anti PC as there is a sense to be proactively PC. Yeah. So the reaction is be like, hold on, wait a minute, but you're taking away shit that we used to talk about. That's what it is. Yeah. It's a reaction to the loss of or potential loss of stuff. And they'll there'll be people that are just trying to be inflammatory as like that's what their reaction is, is just being inflammatory. It's like, no, you can then again, I don't I don't blame them for it because these people that they're reacting against clearly have no interest in having a conversation either. Uh so like I said, it it's tough for me to say what I mean. I hope I hope I didn't come off wrong there. No, um, I, I think I think what I, I think the reactionary and proactive thing is pretty much what you're saying. I, I, yeah, again, it, it's 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 just always like a societal swing. Mm-hmm. Deem it whatever way. Right now, it's going towards a way of, I guess, woke. So there's always yeah. that reactive, like, hold on, <laughs> let's not. What are we doing? Like, there's this stuff though, still. And then, but the, I feel like the younger crowd. Because how old are you, Nick? 25 you're 10 years younger than me so your crowd your most of your generation is the ones being like no you can't talk you can't do that you can't do, and, and most of my generation is like you can still say retard <laughs> like right yeah <laughs> like, you know and then and then the generation past me is like safe or whatever is it, it's, it's just how it's, it's how it goes here's kind of what i mean i just thought of an example of what i'm talking about is and i like this guy a lot his name is uh you know i'm sure you've heard of james Lindsay. he's yeah. a he's a mathematician and his whole, and I'm not saying he's wrong for this. I'm saying it sucks that it has come to this is more of what I mean. It sucks that it's come to this, that his whole basically identity 
is anti-critical race theory. It's anti, which critical race theory is like woke at its most woke, right? Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it sucks that this guy who's a legitimate, he's a, he has a doctorate in math. He's clearly very intelligent. It sucks that it's come to this where this really smart guy who clearly has a lot to, you know, a lot to give to the world is having to use his time and brain power against this stupid shit like how much could that be holding us back you know what i mean so right. i'm not blaming james for doing it i'm just saying like my point is it sucks that it comes to that that you have legitimate he's probably a genius i i, I don't know I, yeah but for for that to be that it just it sucks yeah but we also need those people no yeah because if we don't have them then asylum runs itself oh no no i get that's, that's yeah. what i'm saying like i yeah. i it's I, I certainly appreciate everything he does like yeah. for sure but I mean, it, I don't know how to stave off the, the problem is the, the reality is it's not a very large amount of people. If you ask 10,000 people how strongly they feel about, let's just, for example, critical race there. Like if you laid out what it is and said, do you believe this? I would, I would probably, uh, my bet would be at least 90% of those people, 9,000 out of 10 would say, no, I think this is stupid. I agree. If if they but, really understood it, like actually not lie to from either side, by the way, just like actually yeah. for what it is, you, I 100% agree with you. But the way things are going and it's just kind of being adopted as a universally accepted uh, thing now, um, you wouldn't believe that 90% of people think it's stupid. So it's a very small right. minority of people and the majority need to be more brave. But the problem is, again, this goes back to the fact that you can lose your job and lose everything for for having a dissenting opinion which is really not even that dissenting it's so weird it's like everybody's sitting around in a room waiting for somebody to be the first to disagree even though they don't agree with them at heart they they point them out and say oh look this person said the wrong thing like i don't know man it's very strange what's going on right now and and uh i think the internet internet culture social media and all that has really exacerbated and highlighted that that this is what's happening um which this isn't a knock on social media. I think it's great. I, I mean, I've grown my platform from Twitter alone. Yeah, same. Um, but like just there has to be more people that are more willing to sit up, which is part of the reason I do what I do uh, and, and double down everything. Every time there's something going on, <laughs> I'm sick of people apologizing. I get why people do it, but I, I be the change you want to see in the world kind of deal. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Yeah. Uh, well, that's my train of thought. Jesus Christ. Holy shit, Adam. I just had something Sorry to say. About that. No, no, I should have wrote it down. I was like, I was like, I got caught up on what you were fucking saying. Uh, go back like a minute. What the fuck you said like a minute ago about, uh, God damn, dude, my fucking brain is fried. how the majority of people don't really that's it. believe. Thank you, perfect. Okay. Majority. Thank you so much. Uh, this is always a fun stat that I, I like to rip out, uh, rip off. So I think like 22% or 23% of the American, po just, just America, the American population is on Twitter. Okay. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, out of that percentage, 80% of the tweets are made up of 2% of the people who use Twitter. Wow. Wow, that's okay. That's like a huge disparity. So this is what I try to because my wife will read stuff on Twitter and be like, oh, this is what's I go, stop. That's not real. Yeah. I go, you think it's real because it has 40,000 likes, but it's not real life. I go, I'm telling you, once you realize that stat, and this is, look it up if whoever's not believing me. I, I might be off on the little numbers, but I'm saying it's like, it's a staggering amount, dispar like disparage, uh, dis uh, 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 separation of, of percentages. So when you realize that, you go, oh, wait a minute. So like, there's just a bunch of annoying, loud people who don't have jobs who could tweet all day and they make <laughs> noise. That's what it is. That's legitimately what it is. So it's like, oh, okay. So the the public perception you get of like, oh, this is bad. This is taking over. This is this is good. It's like, oh, actually, no. It's like seven assholes who have time on their hands. Yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking trend on Twitter, and you would think it's a way bigger like phenomenon in in the country than it really is. But it's and if it right. really is two percent of people on Twitter making eighty percent of it, that makes sense. Most people don't tweet a whole lot. I can I can buy that. But for that many people to be on Twitter compared to that many people making most of the tweets, that's that's crazy to me. But that. It goes to your point also. You're like, well, the majority has to be louder, but we're not. Why? Mm -hmm. My theory is if 
if you have time to just be on so, like social media all day and you're not a comic like me, <laughs> or like if you're not at a cubicle, like where you just have time to kill, let's be honest, most jobs you, you're you can't just be like, hold on, and just be on Twitter for three hours, right? Like you just can't. Yeah. So my theory is most of those people don't have jobs. They're already living off maybe the government or off somebody. You know, not necessarily the government, but they're living off of uh, off of a teat, let's say. So it doesn't matter. They they have nothing to lose. What what they can't get they can't live. But so let's say guys with jobs, girls with job, women with jobs. They're like, well, I can't argue my point because I could lose my family, <laughs> as yeah. opposed to this fucking asshole who's some eggshell on Twitter. <laughs> I also wonder how. Yeah, yeah, and whenever you this is the thing about it too. Yeah, you're making a good point there. And it's not even about just having a job, but having like something to live for, something to strive for. You're not going to have the, like, generally speaking, these people that are actually working toward, like say they have a small business and they're building it up or, or they're, they're a comedian and they're, they're on the grind, you know, like these kind of things that when you're first starting out or even during the, during the heyday, you know, of your career, whatever it is that you're doing, it's always hard work. You're always doing crazy, you know, grinding really. Uh, so you have something to, to move forward for. You have something to live for. You're not, your mind is consumed by that. Your mind isn't going to be consumed by the cause du jour. Right. And if you, it's so easy to be so passionate about this weird little woke ideology, whenever you don't have something right, whenever you don't have a job to, that you're really working hard, whenever you don't have a business that you built up from the ground up, uh, whenever you don't have uh, a career in film or, or acting or comedy that you're not literally working 90 hours a week on, right? Uh, it's so easy whenever you're sheltered and living in the suburbs and got everything you ever wanted to be like, oh, yeah, you should be in jail for saying the wrong words. Yeah. It's, it's, you know what I mean? That, like, that, it's just thing, not yeah. people not dealing in reality. Dude, you're right. It's also like, I mean, that's like a smaller percentage, but like, there are people out there like, you should, like, do you understand what jail is? <laughs> like, like, do you really understand what you're advocating for? You're advocating for taking away someone's legitimate livelihood and putting them in a cage because you don't like a thing they said. That's fucking crazy. Well, I just said that for effect. No, yeah, but people but, really do. Yeah, there are people, people do think that. Really, I mean, again, it's a small, a very small percentage of people, but still, it's uh, bananas. Um, so uh, there's two other comics in the room right now, but like we were just talking uh, the other day about the whole Shane Gillis thing. I don't know if you know his whole story. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I remember most of it. What did he say? Like an Asian joke? So he was on his podcast and he, he's made, yeah, he made an Asian joke, but uh, that's not even the point we were ma making. The point we were making was uh. Like, well, first of all, he's way more successful now. <laughs> like, is that, yeah. is that not way more successful than SNL? But, like, he's, like, on the road. Like, he's headlining consistently. Like, he is doing a good job. But the point we were making was the guy who took – one of the guys – the main guys who took him down, his name was uh, Seth Simons. Oh, and, yeah. He's, yes. Yeah. And Seth is, by the way, a sexual pest because he's been – yeah, as much as he likes to talk shit and stuff on people – Girls dropped dime on him, be like, "Yeah, he harasses us, like sexually." It's always not like not like he sexually harassed them. Like he would sexually pester them to try to have sex with him. Yeah, like 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 a little brother almost, like a little brother being like, "Can I play? Can I play?" Kind of like that, being creepy at least. Yes. Yeah. So that came out, of course, on him. Uh, but Seth is essentially a shitty failed open mic comic mm -hmm. who never got success. He would do like shitty hack bird poetry. He would just call into a microphone, like bad comedy, you know, and, and it's jealousy of like, Oh, this guy is doing so well. And, but he doesn't fit how I want him to fit. And then the other group that took him down was a place in Philly called good, good comedy theater. And these people got sued for not paying comics. So like, it's all these pieces of shit. Who want to fucking be like he said a bad word? It's like you're actually doing harm though. Yeah, like a projection. It's no, it's that's the other thing I noticed about just doing the LP shit and just even in comedy, a lot of it is projection. A lot yeah. of it is we actually feel this way, so you feel this way. It's like nope. <laughs> is is Seth Simons the that name is so familiar? Is he? And I think he was he the one that wrote that he wrote an yes, article, the Nazi article. That said that, yes. yeah, comedy has an alt-right yes. problem and, and like cited Dave Smith and yep. the Legion of Skanks guys. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then Anthony. Two Jews and a Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Jess. Oh, I didn't know uh, Jay was uh, Jewish. Yep. Uh, Anthony Jessonik 
huge comic like tweeted yeah, it out yeah. and he he wound up going back and he apologizing but did. the damage has been done already really once you have somebody like that you know how many people think that dave smith and and I the know. boys on los are are legitimately all right like come on dude that's so fuck, that's well so that, up. That, that but that just like thing you're right it did uh shut the fuck like just think you have a million followers dude and you know jay <laughs> like, like you know it's like it's it's just it's, it's it's a lot of haphazard shit. That's what I'm saying. There's no. It's just here's the thing too. Is it's like uh like you just said, what was bigger of a reaction or what's a, what what got more eyes? His initial tweet or his apology? That's right. That's exactly right. Like among the people that already liked Dave before, yeah, we all saw the the apology and we're like, that's right, motherfucker. But the millions probably of people who were exposed to that because of Justin Nick, uh. That, that either didn't know who Dave Smith was or already didn't like him before. They're, they're not, you know, I, it's very asymmetrical. It's just like whenever there's a New York Times thing and they they make an error in the article and then like next week they put it in a little tiny footnote at the bottom. Oh, this was actually an error. There were only 10,000 people that died of whatever instead of 100,000. We made a typo. You know, uh, that happens all the time. And the apology or the retraction or the correction or whatever it is, it's vastly, it's microscopic compared it to the buried effect. six pages out, out of the headline as yes. opposed to the first and, time it was headline bold print. It's on purpose. I mean, if, and I'm not talking, not, not, not saying Justin or anything. I'm just saying like the, the, the people doing that yeah. in general, like specifically media outlets, they would, they do it on purpose to try to maintain their credibility. Cause if you're, they make mistakes all the time. Like, don't get me wrong. All these people see, and it, at a certain point, you have to wonder if they are mistakes, right? But, you know, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, all what we would call the corporate press or the mainstream media, they put out incorrect information all the time, okay. but they release retractions in like, a, in, like I said, a footnote, or like you said, buried six pages deep in the Times or whatever it may be. If they were apologizing and making as big a deal out of the mistake they made as they were the initial uh, article where they made the mistake, then they would nobody would believe anything they say because they'd be apologizing every single day for making mistakes. And I say mistakes again; some of it has to be at a certain point not 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 exactly a mistake. Well, even no, of course, because even uh, what was the Boston Globe movie where they broke the priest sex scandal? Uh, I'm not sure. Or uh, Miami, oh, I Boston. Uh, I think it was Boston Globe where they broke. They were like one of the '80s who broke like the whole scandal open and stuff, or and they put it on the public. If you watch that movie or even read the backstory, like that got pushed back too. From like, hey, we can't rustle feather. Let me rustle feather. It's like yeah. these fucking kids. What do you mean? It's like well, it's, stop yeah, it. It's, yeah, it's just like how. Um, goodness, I can't remember the lady's name. There was a girl, a lady that worked for one of these outlets, one of these news outlets. That's that was on caught on camera saying, "Yeah, we had the like the Prince uh, Harry, uh, Queen was, Elizabeth, uh, Epstein stuff." MB ABC, MB one of those. ABC, a big, a big. Yeah, she was like, ABC. A, yeah. A big time uh, anchor on yeah. the on the network. She said we had the story like, and they wouldn't yeah. let me run it. And it's this is the thing. It it's not this is not new. Right. And and thankfully we have really big like guys with big platforms like Michael Malice and Tom Woods who are consistently saying this and putting it out there. But this is not new. the The fact is the New York Times has been lying. The Atlantic has been lying since the day they were founded. They they lied about the stuff going on during World War One. They they lied about Hello the More during World War Two in the Stalin era. They're going to keep lying, and they're not. They never they never stopped, and it, it's always been. And it, they, they never have if been. If you look at tellers. the actual history of like the printing press in this country, it was actually it was always owned by like a corporate. It was never just like a. It was a. It was free. It was a free tool. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You couldn't afford it. <laughs> so like you couldn't fucking print uh, eighteen whatever the fuck it was. I'm dumb. I don't know. <laughs> but but you know. But like uh oh well this this company can't. Yes. It's now who, and if, who, now who pushes the narrative? You or the company? Exactly. And, <laughs> yeah. and you, and now that's the, now that that's changing. And even though it's not a very big shift, I still think the majority of people, which the masses can't be counted on. Like if you're talking about like a Liberty thing, they can't be counted. That's not, that's not the point. The point I'm making is like more and more people who were previously, it used to be, if you were on person, like you were silent, you were killed thrown in jail, whatever, like Galileo back in the day or, or anybody that dissented from the Catholic church, whenever they were at their height of power, um, anybody who said anything against the crown back in the early 1800s, 1900s, they, they, they had no recourse. Well, now all you need to tell is one other person and we could put it on the internet and now it's never going to go away. Uh, so that's 
why I think we're seeing more desperate clawing at the microphone. They're losing their, their microphone, right? Everybody else has a microphone too. Um, and we can all say what we, we can all say what we want against these outlets. We all have a printing press now, right? right? Yes. You get what I mean? Like that's the analogy here is right. we all have a printing press now and, 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 uh, they're not the only ones that could push a narrative. You could push your own narrative too and say, Hey, look, these people are lying. Dude, that was, yeah, great. Uh, yeah, was hundred percent. Uh, also, uh, fear sells. Yes. So they go, well, they don't, they know we're lying about like the Epstein thing for sure. <laughs> Everyone, like that's, the, that's one of the very few things where universally everyone was like, no one believes you. Yeah. <laughs> like Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent, Green Party, fucking alien. Everyone's like, that's not true. So what really fucking happened here? You know, that was the real uh, eye opening. But then what starts to happen is uh, they use fear for everything else, right? So uh, mm -hmm. I, I always forget the dude's name. It was in, uh, one of the Nazis after the Nuremberg or right before, during the Nuremberg trials. They asked him like, "How did you make everybody become a Nazi?" He's like, "We didn't make anybody do shit." He's like, "We use fear. Mm -hmm. Fear made everybody join Nazism." voluntarily <laughs> that's all we did and that's, that's how the media does it it's just fear so they go we're gonna scare you so you gotta listen to us again yeah we'll pick, pick topic doesn't matter yeah it, it, you see that i mean now obviously with the way things are you can't make it you can never compare anything to any other authoritarian regime particularly the nazis otherwise you're a bad person right like we've seen that <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. we see that now where they, they don't even have to because what you a perfect example of this is I don't want to get you in trouble. So stop me if stop me if I need to be <laughs> silent. Um, perfect example of this was like the coronavirus vaccine passport thing that they talked about. All they had to do, and this is what they do all the time with various other things too, is they say, hey, meaning the government, they, uh, Biden said, we're looking into getting, you know, making the th vaccine passport. And then whenever the backlash is so, you know, outrageous and oh my god you can't do this which rightfully so people should be outraged about that then they back off but now that the idea is out there they can rely on private quote-unquote private yes. companies to do their bidding it's basically fascism without a direct collaboration so and the thing about this the whole vaccine passport thing is too it's not even about companies doing it out of out of fear it's also that regular old people will glom onto that idea and just be like yeah, if you don't support this, then you're bad. Like this is this is why we need to make sure that uh, vac unvaccinated people are ostracized or whatever whatever they want people to. You can't go to a music concert, you can't go on an airplane, you can't do anything, you can't live a normal life unless you get this vaccination. The government doesn't even have to enforce it at this point, right? But they so disproportionately created that um, attitude from putting the ideas out there. You know what I mean, dude? Yeah, you're you're, you're nailing it. Um, that, that's again because like uh we're all libertarians. So it's like, well, like a private business. Like, well, it's, it's not when they're being coerced to do so. That's yeah. actually what, that's what that means. It's fascism. It's, it's, a, even, it's a blending of, it's blending of corporations and, and government. And even still, we don't know what kind of, like, we have no idea the inner workings of how do you know they didn't take, I don't know what the CEO of Walmart is. How do we know <laughs> they didn't give him a phone call and say, Hey, listen, or like, let's say a media outlet. I don't care. It doesn't matter what, like some leader of some big corporation. How do you know? Because we know they've done this before. Like the FBI has th literally threatened people with, with, with death before. How do we know they didn't call up these people and say, if you don't push this stuff, your fucking family is going to be in a dumpster with their throats cut next week. You know yeah, what I mean? Because that's they, actually happened. Like, yes. It, it, and it, people it's like, it's on record. It's not even like, this isn't like hearsay. It's like, no, it's yeah. happened. They use mafia tactics all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Literally mafia tactics, which at least the mafia is kind of cool, right? They're Pretty like cool. Italian in suits and shit, but the government, like, and people don't want to believe that that's what happens, but it does happen all the time. And and I don't know if it's that people just don't want to accept it, not to psychoanalyze. I don't like what people do this, generally speaking, but like, what is it about people that we can't, I say we, people in general, that they cannot accept that yeah, the government does really bad stuff all the time. They like have a really bad track record. They do, and it's not yeah. incompetence. It's evil. It's, it's like if it was incompetent, evil, yeah. it, if it was incompetent, it'd be over by now. Right. If it right, you, all you have to do is correct the mistake. No, they, they do evil things. Uh, so we have no idea what kind of lies they're telling people, or what kind of um, 
what kind of backroom deals they're making. We have no way to know. There's like 3 million federal government employees. What are, what are they all doing? We have no idea. Well, I was telling the story, I think a few podcasts ago where, uh, for a fact, um, when the libertarian party was founded, there were uh, federal agents in the room of the foundation Always. of the libertarian party. Like, like that's like for a fact. So it's like, it's like they're in everything, like everything <laughs> there's, there's plants in the all parties. There's plants that absolutely do. That's, uh, you can thank Hoover for that. He was big on that. That yeah. was like his whole term of uh, be- between his whatever weird shit he was doing on the side <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and interjecting in everyday lives of the people of this country. He was awful. And a lot of it came from a place of he was actually, he was gay when it was really, really like socially unacceptable to yeah. be gay. So he would get dirt on people that could possibly get dirt on him first, right? So, so he'd be like, hey, you know, because he was like cross-dressing and yeah, shit. Yeah. And he was he was a freak and everything. Uh, so he didn't want people to know that. So it would that's like a I don't know I don't know if projection is oh, the right dude, word, back, but back then if they saw him in a dress, people's heads would have exploded. What are you talking about? Like, it's, well, it's no, like, what I'm, you know, I'm saying you no know, for back then. It's you know you're right. I'm agreeing with you. Like it's so like uh, out crazy. there of a concept. Yeah. He's like I'm bringing down everyone. No one's yes. touching me. Like that, no, yeah. I, I'm, yeah, you're 100 right. Yeah. So, so nobody could say a word against him in public without being completely destroyed or killed. I mean, the guy was the lead, the, the you know, the head of the FBI. That he could have anybody killed with no problem. I guarantee you. And he, I'm sure he did. Oh, dude, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also had like some real self-grandized stories of like what happened. He was, <laughs> he was like he was like a liar. Like he was like a pure piece of shit. Um. Oh, I didn't ask you, Nick. Uh, what got you into the LP? Like, what brought you into the oh, not the LP, just like the Liberty Move, like the part you know, movement. Or yeah, sure. So I actually have a really cool Genesis story. Okay. Uh, so so whenever I was a kid, my dad and uh, would just watch Fox News and and you know Hannity and Glenn Beck and those guys. And this was whenever I was in I don't know junior high, so I was fourteen, fifteen, and I was just kind of except you know being a dumb kid, just kind of. Taking, taking everything at face value and not really thinking about a whole lot. Uh, I just kind of took the Republican Party line, just became sort of an establishment neocon, as establishment as a 15-year-old can get. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you know if, what I mean. If you I, see a 15-year-old Republican, like, what do you know? <laughs> that's, exactly. That, that's, that's right. Like, as, like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but it's just that that's what, that's what I thought was, was the, good, the good guys were the Republicans, the bad guys were the, were the Democrats, and, you know, the, you know, the typical shit. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I just started to develop more like some anti-war views uh, because of Obama, because I didn't like Obama and Obama was a big warmonger. So yeah, whenever this whenever like Gaddafi was killed, I remember being like, what the fuck is what, why? What happened there? I know that he didn't like literally have Gaddafi killed or whatever, but he was killed as a result of yes. all the shit that Obama's wars uh, over there did. Um, but yeah, it was so funny because like whenever he pulled out of Iraq and uh, and then ISIS was created. And all the Republicans were like, you see, that's why you don't pull out of Iraq. But at the same time, they were saying, why are we in Libya? Why are we in Syria? So it was I started to notice that cognitive dissonance there. And I was like, uh, yeah, wait a minute. Obama's doing one thing and they dislike it, but he does the same thing elsewhere. He, he does what they're you know, the opposite of what they're criticizing him for. And they criticize that, too. And I started to kind of put some pieces together that politics was sort of a, a game. And then. <clears throat> I just kind of became anti-war. It wasn't really a principle. It was more of a sort of paleocon kind of why are we sending our guys to die over there kind of deal, which is it is principled. I don't want to take away from the paleoconservatives who were good, uh, but it wasn't any libertarian like non-aggression principle, Rothbardian stuff that I was spitting. But then I kind of just became apolitical and stopped caring so much and just kind of I don't remember how this happened, but I just kind of became a a, a milk toast beltway libertarian and i thought libertarianism was socially liberal fiscally conservative like the, the main you know the, the same bullshit a lot of people think libertarianism is but then one day i discovered uh you know eric july of course yeah i discovered backwards on oh, spotify yeah, band, yeah. yeah and i heard the song self-ownership and i was like this is great you know and he, the, the little the, the, the last verse it sounds like he's up on a soapbox just hollering at people and uh i was like wow this is so i looked into backwards and because i looked into them i discovered the term anarcho-capitalism mm. i discovered mary rothbard and then after like google and youtube searches on that stuff and eric july's other videos because he, he's been doing videos for a while like on his own um after all that i came across tom woods 
And then that's it. Like once you <laughs> discover Tom Woods, if you're yeah. already going down that road, Tom Woods just accelerates you yeah, to the yeah, end yeah, there. Yeah. Um, so then I discovered the Mises Institute. In fact, I have a Mises Institute sticker on this Telecaster yeah, and yeah. antiwar.com sticker on that. Um, you know, you discover Tom Woods, then you discover Scott Horton. Yep. You discover the Mises Institute and everybody that's at the Mises Institute, like like Bob Higgs oh, and Jeff, Dr. Robert Murphy. Yeah. 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 So after that, it's like, okay, I just kind of was consumed by this. And the first book that I, the first libertarian literature that I ever read, I've been talking about this on Twitter. Uh, the first one that I read was Wrote the Serfdom by F.A. Hayek. Because mm. in one of the songs, Eric, one of the verses, he says, you should read the Wrote the Serfdom. And, you know, it's, it's part of a rap verse. But so I was like, well, shit, I, I bought a bunch of books from Barnes and Noble, including Anatomy of the State. Yeah, oh, yeah, great. Um, For a New Liberty. <clears throat> I haven't read Human Action, but I have it. Uh, and Road to Serfdom. Road to Serfdom was the first one I read. And that really didn't think about that one was I kind of I was like, hmm, from listening to Tom Woods and all that, I, I kind of already knew everything in that book anyways. But it's just interesting that it, it literally was Eric July is like responsible for me being where I am right wow. now, which is really cool. Uh, it's possible because you're a racist. So how could you let a black guy influence <laughs> you? That's, that's so weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, it's 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 awesome to see like uh, artists, like comics or musicians, like bringing people into like the movement like that for just through words. Which I I don't talk about politics on stage. I don't because it's I have one joke where I mention I'm a libertarian, but it's it's just to set up. I make myself look like an asshole, but it, it, it has nothing to do with libertarianism. It just it just kind of sets me. But like uh, because I find it. Like, that's Dave's thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, he could fucking do it. Like, he's good at, I could talk politics, make it fucking hilarious, mix in other shit. I can't. <laughs> like, I could do that here, off the cuff. But if I'm, I can't go, I could write political, but it had to be for a political, like, you know, like uh, venue. <laughs> Whatever. I, yeah. I, I can't do, I can't go to, the, like, fucking the stand in New York and be like, all right, you guys ready for fucking high-level political humor? Well, you're not going to get it from me. So I just go to dick jokes and talk about drugs. Like that's what I'm. That's my fucking wheelhouse, right? So like, uh, that's where I thrive. But like, it, it's good. I, I, I that's kind of why I do this podcast. Actually, it, that's my way to get people and to hopefully be like, hey, you should like listen to my podcast and listen to these great guests I have on and talk about liberty and stuff like that. And like, that's my way to recruit people because I can't do it on stage. I just can't. I'm not that good. <laughs> yeah, I get it, man. <laughs> and like, like there, it, there is something. There's definitely something to be said about people just promoting these ideas through through their art form, uh, you know, Ayn Rand converted a lot of people to at least, if not full on like libertarianism, then at least having libertarian sympathies from, from her fictional literature, uh, you know, and, and the, the problem with that is a lot of people, once something is in the mainstream, like her books are, then it becomes the ideas. How do I put this? Uh, whenever something that's, that is, not first in the mainstream like not first accepted that just kind of becomes big uh be and the reason it was the reason i would consider it outside of the mainstream like in spirit is because the the ideas in her books are not not mainstream right so many people because when it makes it when something like that makes it into the big time uh then a lot of people get the wrong idea about it uh, like about libertarianism and it's not Ayn Rand's fault. I'm not saying that at all. It's not, it's nothing wrong with the books. There's nothing wrong with what she did. Uh, it's just um, once something does break into the mainstream, that is not mainstream in spirit, uh, which libertarianism is inherently not. Then people like, you know, people think that libertarianism is just like, just like the idea that libertarians are Republican to smoke weed or whatever it may be. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like Ayn Rand wrote about selfishness and what she really meant was like self-interest uh, instead of not selfishness because right. selfishness is a bad thing, but you know what I mean? People get the wrong idea about it because the masses are stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, people fuck it up for everybody. I mean, it's how life works. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Well, uh, I, I always tell people like who are trying to like venture into our idea. I'm like, Hey, read anatomy of the state. Just it's easy. It's 60 pages. Take yep. fucking an hour. <laughs> you read a page, a minute, whatever. It's, it's two hours. Stop. It's exposing people to that shit, which again, it's hard to be like, you want to read a book? It's like, no, it's like, all right, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, the audio book too. Like, it's it's hard to that's that's that's, that's my uh struggle because like yeah, that's I, why I, I can't sum. I'm sorry, that's going up. Like, I, I can't sum up what Rothbard said in Anatomy of State better than he can. Yeah, so what right. am I gonna say? I sound like a fucking idiot. 
Yeah, if you're telling somebody to read a 600-page book, you know, like not not obviously anatomy of the stage short, but telling people to read a book is is hard. Like like you just said, a lot of people aren't just going to read a book, especially if they don't agree with the ideas you have anyway. If you're like, yeah, read this book, they're gonna be like, fuck you. Why would I read a book that you think is good? I don't agree with you, dude. But people, if it's something, uh, I'm sorry, people. Uh, no, 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 but like, again, but like people who recommend books that I would like, I'm like, I don't read a fucking book. Like, yeah, I don't. Like, yeah, it's just the idea. Of, like, <laughs> I'm right. like, fuck you. I'll listen to it, maybe. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like I have to really, you know. I'm sorry, but go, continue your point. <laughs> I was just say that's that's where the benefit of people like Eric July, who are trying to influence things through cultural stuff, like there is music. Or through his, he, he's getting into doing comic books through comic books, yeah. something that people just have an interest in. Now, not that's not to say that people haven't read books and were converted by the books, but I think that it's, and I ran, Ayn Rand wrote books, but they were fictional. They were for entertainment, right? So I think if you have people that are trying to influence others through those kind of outlets, as opposed to just be like, yeah, you should read this Rothbard book. You should read For a New Liberty, or you should go peruse Mises.org. It's a lot more effective yeah. than uh, to to have somebody who's making videos where they relate things to the culture. It's way more effective to do that than it is to tell them to read a, a book. Yeah, I, that's what I tried to do. I'm like, listen, it's free. It's a free audio book. Like, uh, there's another comic, an LA comic. I'm 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 friendly with, acquaintances with, and uh, he was bitching about something, and it had to do with taxes. And I was like, hey, man. You know, hey, taxes, <laughs> fucking we do, and he yeah. and then, but he's a lefty LA comic, so he's like, well, I don't want to hear if you hate taxes, you don't want to pay them. I'm like, why well, don't? But that's not, but so in my mind, I'm like, well, I can't say that, right? So I'm like, no, no, like no worries. I'm like, actually, here's some free shit from Mises.org, that ex- exactly what you're talking about is your issue, man. Give that a read. Now, did he? No, I guarantee he didn't. But at least like I put put it to him. So now it's he can never be like, well, I didn't know. Hey, man, I offered you three different. I, I remember like I I linked two or three different things that were specific to what he was saying, and it was yeah. all, I think one of them was also an enemy of the state too. It was like, hey, also fuck the government, right? So like, <laughs> I'll throw that in there too. But I was like, uh, but now again, now it's on him. If you really give a shit, because you made a because this is how I look at it. You went on a public platform, your social media, which it's not like back in 2004, like, oh, Facebook doesn't mean anything. No, social media is important now. It's like a part of you. Like, what you say on there is a part of you. It just is. Like, so if you're, if you're taking the time to go on Facebook and make a fucking giant public, you know, thing, <laughs> clearly you care about it. Yeah. So I'm giving you some solutions to maybe change your outlook on some things, to maybe vote differently or whatever. If you really give a shit, you'll at least peruse the first thing I sent you. But if you don't, yeah. then you just want you want to be heard, and then fuck you. I don't give a shit then. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. It is people that are. I don't know, man. I feel like it. People are way. It's it's way too easy for people to have that cognitive dissonance. They don't realize that they do. Like people aren't going to be consistent. You know, people aren't sure. going to. You know what I mean? It's just something you have to not you but you in general like you, yeah, you, you rhetorically you. Yeah, yeah. it's just something you have to you have to understand like libertarians guys you're not the the chances of you converting somebody to your ideology i've got one person but this person was somebody i knew personally anyways but i've got one person that i've got on the road to, actually a couple of people my dad i got my dad getting get listening to tom woods and scott horton and, and stuff like that um but it's the chances of you like converting somebody to libertarianism I feel like it's just very slim and people, people are going to have that cognitive dissonance without paying it a second thought. They're not ideologically consistent and you just have to kind of accept that and figure your way around it. You know? Yeah. I only personally converted a handful of people myself. It's hard. It's so fucking hard. And again, it's all, it's all people I kind of know. Like, excuse me, like my parents, my parents are always uh conservative, you know, that, Excuse me, I spoke weed now. Coughing. <laughs> Excuse me, of that elk. They were always more conservative. But my dad was always like an anti-war guy. He never gave yeah. a shit about drugs. I, my dad was again. I think my dad was always way more just fiscally conservative. I didn't 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 like taxes. Didn't like a shit getting spent. Didn't like you know the way the government would just go bomb countries with his money. <laughs> you know all that shit. My mom, a little more religious conservative. I think she's a little more Catholic. And she's a little more like she's she's more red pilled, N- not not in a good way. 
Like, I mean, uh, red pill in the Republican way. Like, uh, as in, like, she believes more of the rhetoric. She's like, no, the wars. I'm like, stop. <laughs> That's what I mean by her. Like, she's not, you know, um, but she's a little better with it now. But my dad, but I actually got them both to sign up for the Libertarian Party. That's good. Uh, which is good. But my dad's way more. Like, he's always, that's what I said. My dad's always kind of been a libertarian, but he never had faith in the party either, which is what he told me recently. He's like, that's why I never, he's like, I thought I could maybe get more done with what I was, you know, what I saw. But he's like, I, you can't. So he's like, fuck it now. I'm 65, 66. He's like, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just go, I'll just do it. I'll tell you what, man, from looking at those LP meetings that we were recently done about the the New Hampshire mm. situation and the Karen Ann Harlow's thing, like I can understand why people don't think the party is going to be worth a fuck. It's a joke. <laughs> but the right people are beginning to, I mean, the Mises caucus has kind of taken over like mm. half of the states. Uh, it's going in the right direction. And, uh, you know, I am, I, I am of the opinion that like libertarian we should be focused on at like in terms of just the party focused on being the beacon of truth kind of deal like like being the show people the light yeah um and help influence local politics because if you can influence local politics and kind of have a grassroots grow things from from beneath and and uh emergent kind of order uh that's a lot more feasible for the libertarian party if you look at a state like new hampshire they've got literal and caps in their state in their cat in their like city councils and stuff around the around their areas i mean they're a, they're they're a big clump cluster cell whatever the term would be of legitimately like hardcore libertarians up there and they're doing good work out there so yeah. i think that if people need to it's not people are criticized dave and i understand for for like running for president which we don't even know if he is yet um, he's about to have another kid and he's already got a baby now. So we don't know what he's going to do, but I think they're kind of missing the point. It's, it's, it's not that he thinks he's going to win the presidency. I don't think anybody thinks that Dave Smith is going to be the president, right? Nobody, nobody thinks that it's about reaching the most people yep. similarly to the way Ron Paul did, uh, which that was why the LP was created in the first place 50 years ago. I think it's almost uh, mm -hmm. It was made in 71. It has been 50 yeah, years. 50. It was for the messaging thing. Like, I don't think, I don't think anybody who votes libertarian is under the, at least on a national election. You, you may be able to get some libertarians elected in local positions. And even still, they might have to run as a Republican, even if it's like some sort of city council or mayor thing. Uh, but I think a lot of people miss the point. A lot of people that are, pro and anti-libertarian party missed the point when, when it comes to this because i think a lot of people are under the delusion that we can influence big federal elections and stuff like i don't really know about that but i think that if we focus our area if we focus our energy on how, showing people how to run local politics which is what i really want to get to doing um get involved in your city council, get involved. Like if and that, this is why, and I'll tell you, it's way harder. I don't know. You can't go and just talk to somebody in, in DC in Congress, you can go and talk to your mayor in your city. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's more accessible. You, you can, you can go and attend city council meetings. Right. And if, if everybody, I say everybody, if a lot more people did those kind of things and we won't have to worry about what's going on in DC, you can have it good in your city. And I know it sucks that the federal government does suck. We get it. Like, I, I get that. But I think what you have to do is start locally. You have to start small. And I think some people who miss the point, the pro-LP people that miss the point are way too ambitious. The anti-LP the anti people who are missing the point are way too, like, pessimistic and negative. Like, no, you can, anybody can affect politics in some capacity, locally at least. I think uh, when it really comes down to down to it, the presidency is useless and it really is like all about the more local stuff that matter like legislative legislative stuff matters way more yeah way more and the presidency I, is I think fucking pointless that's kind of been proven with the whole 2020 thing yeah. like they're, they're very objectively some states were better to live in than others specifically if you're like libertarian or whatever you would call liberty-minded or whatever people say um and you can have that you can have more. That's the point. Like it's decentralization. It's 10,000 Liechtensteins. You don't get that from 
having Dave Smith as president, you get that from having people all over the country right. who are who are influencing their local their local their county or their their you know if they're in Louisiana their parish or their their local council meeting or whatever you know like it's the ten thousand Lichtensteins model. That's what I think is the way to go. Agreed. That that extreme decentralization. You don't get that from the top down. You get that from the bottom, bottom up. up. I totally agree, dude. Uh, dude, I think it's a great place to end it. Actually, uh, Nick, tell everybody they can find you on anything you want to plug, podcast, all that shit, man. Well, uh, anything I ever put out is going to be on individualistpodcast.com. That's the name of my show is Individualist Podcast, and I am on Twitter at Nick underscore Individual. Boom. That's and all of, I got, really. Of course, Tower oh, Power. Let me hour. shout out. That was to say. Let me shout out the Tower <laughs> Gang. So we got me, uh, Clint from Liberty Lockdown. I think it's at Liberty Lock Pod. Jose Galison, it's at Galison Jose. It's G-A-L-I-S-O-N. This is uh, his name. At Galison Jose. At Anarcho underscore Toad. At Fat Comic Dave. And myself, again, at Nick Individual. And uh, was supposed to be a founding member, but he only was on one episode. I'm just giving him shit. I'm just, I'm just picking on him here. But uh, Joshua Smith at Joshua at yeah, large. Josh, bitch. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, the, the Tower Gang, we're going to have... Mr. Adam on next Monday, tomorrow. I don't know when this is going out. Uh, I don't know either. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, don't know either. Uh, I might have been on already. And if that was the case, I had a great time. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Adam, but we're having Dave Smith on. Today's, uh, as we record, is the is July 27th. And July 28th, that's a Wednesday, we're having Dave Smith on. So I know you make me follow time. Dave, bro. It's fucked up. Huh? You make me follow Dave, bro. It's fucked oh, up. Dude, it's going to be great. Don't worry. <laughs> it's fucked up. All right, man. Dude, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Of course, uh, everyone just again, catch me at Adam Nutter on all social media. Uh, check out my social media for dates, droptent.com slash events for tickets. And again, check out Cult of Us to do with Neil Wood, comedy podcast, slash six sports to do with Jesse Pedraza and uh, Garrett Monaco. Another fun podcast I do. And Garbage Opinions podcast. I do too many fucking podcasts. Go listen to all my podcasts. It's, I do too many. Don't or don't. I don't give a shit. Thanks for listening to this one, though. <laughs> so, uh, Nick, it's been a pleasure, dude. Thank you so much. I can't wait to do or or already have done Power Hour with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank uh, you, Adam. All right, man. Peace out, everybody. Thanks for listening. Find Adam on social media, Twitter and IG, at Adam Nutter, or Facebook and TikTok, at Adam Nutter Comedy. And for podcasts and merch, check out www.droptent.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.